it kind of grew from this grassroots movement and I think that was one of the things I loved about it more. It came from a place of caring, a place of support and it's actually had like a massive impact since. People who've come and worked at MongoDB because they were like, this is a place where I can be myself. This is a place where I can be comfortable. I don't have to spend half of my time in work hiding who I am, my personal life, which is a huge part. I know people say you should leave your personal life at home inside and work. Not having to worry about if I mention that I have a same-sex partner, that someone's going to react differently or, or deny like promotions or, or career advancement opportunities. Having that space and having that openness just to be yourself has a huge impact. And that's where the Queer Collective has really impacted as well. Hi, my name is Kian Walsh. I'm a corporate recruitment lead at MongoDB. Hi, my name is Sean Carroll. I'm a lead in the marketing analytics and operations team here at MongoDB. And welcome to MongoDB Podcast. Welcome back to the show. My name is Michael Lynn, and this is the MongoDB Podcast. Today, in honor of Pride 2023, we're releasing this special episode on June 28th. We've got a fascinating discussion lined up for you with Sean Carroll and Kian Walsh, both instrumental members of MongoDB's Queer Collective, an employee-led resource group that's pushing the boundaries to ensure equality in the workplace and beyond. Sean and Kian have been at the forefront of building a community that champions LGBTQIA rights, fosters an open exchange of ideas, and organizes impactful events to educate and network within MongoDB and the broader tech industry. From organizing Pride Month programming to developing intersectional training materials. They've been instrumental in cultivating an environment where everyone feels comfortable bringing their full selves to work. So whether you're part of the LGBTQIA community, an ally, or simply interested in learning more about diversity and inclusion in tech, stick around. This conversation promises to be insightful, thought-provoking, and above all, a testament to the power of inclusion in shaping the future of tech. Before we dive in, I'd like to encourage you to check out the show notes for more information and resources related to our discussion. And if you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave a comment. Let us know your thoughts. Your engagement helps us to continue to bring you compelling content. Stay tuned. Well, Kian and Sean, welcome to the MongoDB podcast. It's great to have you on the show. How's everybody doing today? I'm doing good. Yeah, good. Can't complain the, about. the Monday after Pride weekend was a great weekend in Dublin, wasn't it, Sean? <laughs> Yeah, no, it was, it was fantastic to see <laughs> such a, a show of support. And it's probably been the biggest Pride Parade that we've ever had. So uh, seeing how the festival is growing, and particularly with everything that's going on in the world at the moment, to see that uh, that show of unity and love and solidarity was absolutely amazing. And the weather yeah. helped as well. Exactly. Yeah. It's not often you get sun in Dublin. It's so yeah. no rain. <laughs> well, that's great. It's, it's good to hear you had some great activities over the weekend. I don't know what to say. Congratulations, or is what is the uh, the appropriate salutation for uh, for Pride? Uh, we normally just go with Happy Pride, um, Happy Pride. and it's yeah, it's it's a it's a really I don't know it's something that I always feel it kind of feels like a very special weekend, um, and this year even more so because there's been so much uh, there's been so much kind of hate and the rise of nearly inequality and kind of in a way feels like we're moving backwards um but in ireland uh thankfully we're, we're still kind of bucking that trend and the to see the amount of different people out in the streets from families old people young people even when the parade passed through residential areas to see so many people out in their balconies showing support for the queer community it was absolutely amazing yeah mm. Yeah. The MongoDB Queer Collective, we're going to talk about that, what it is. This came out of a desire on my part to learn how to become a better ally. And I know you've both done some 
some content around this. You're heavily involved. You're in the uh, queer collective at MongoDB. And it's a part of tech life. It's a part of life in general. So I think it's important to give space to this. So welcome to the show. Let's get right into it. I'd like to ask Kian, maybe you can start. Tell us about the Queer Collective. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the Queer Collective is what we call an, an employee resource group um, for uh, employees that are you know, members of the LGBTQIA plus community. It is also open to, to allies as well. And I suppose we currently have in and around 350 members um, and we have chapters across you know, all the way from San Francisco to Sydney. So very much a global ERG. Some of our largest chapters, you know, Dublin, where myself and Sean are based, New York, uh, San Francisco, Austin, and uh, India is actually our, in our Gurgaon office, is our fastest growing chapter. So we have seen a lot of growth, particularly in the last kind of three years. Um, I suppose we've we've seen a lot of growth in member base. Um, as MongoDB continues to grow, we've seen, you know, a lot of growth within our ERG. We are open to allies as well. I think roughly between around 25 to 30 percent of uh, members of the Queer Collective are actually allies. And then we do have sort of what is an affinity group called Queries. So Queries is sort of a, a closed group um, just for members of the community. Um, you know, we recognize, you know, as ER, as ERG leads that, you know, not everybody is comfortable um, being out in the workplace. So we wanted to create, you know, a safe space or a, you know, a safe area for those that aren't you know to you know look for advice uh, seek guidance and and just to chat to to people that are just like them as well sean tell us how the queer collective was created how did this get formed uh so i think this is probably one of the proudest things uh, i've done inside MongoDB. um so i'm a big proponent of grassroots movements we've had a massive impact of grassroots movements on both uh, underrepresented groups and for the lgbtqia plus community in Ireland. I'll tell you a little more about that later. But uh, when I first joined MongoDB, uh, one of the coolest things that happened to me when I came to the office, and sometimes starting a new company, uh, especially as a queer person, it can be really hard to kind of come out of work because you never know what people's reactions mm. are. But my first day in the office, I came in and there was loads of little pride flags still left up around the office from pride celebrations six months earlier. Uh, no one had just taken them down. And just having that, you instantly felt welcome. At the time, there was there was mainly the queries affinity group, but it was US centered. Um, it hadn't really moved outside uh, outside of US at that time. It was just because MongoDB was still growing as a company. But coming up to Pride, then the following year, there was a group of us that came together to organise Pride in Dublin. But while the queries in the US was a closed group, uh, we also had allies support us um, and help organise the Pride celebrations in Dublin. So then we saw, actually, there is something here, like there is something where there's interest from people. They want to learn. They want to help support the LGBTQIA plus community in MongoDB. Um, and that's where the start of the Queer Collective came from. So it came from, there was a group of us, myself. There was another, uh, she's actually now on my team, Amy McKeown, uh, Kyle Daly, Barna Friedrichs, and uh, Gisa Musel. And we all decided to start um, organizing um, some events and we were like, actually, there might be something for this here in EMEA. And it kind of snowballed, actually, when I mm. say it snowballed. Suddenly, we were sitting in front of uh, uh, Dave, our CEO, and um, Michael Gordon as well, our CFO, just finding why we needed this. Um, and then the whole thing snowballed around us. And it suddenly turned into one of the biggest ERGs in the company. Uh, so we had the initial Pride celebrations back in 2020. 
And then from that, we went to organize, went on to organize a lot of more educational events. So International Coming Out Day, which was the official launch of the Queer Collective, actually, and it's grown uh, more and more since. Uh, Transgender Awareness Week, uh, HIV and AIDS Awareness Day. Um, and then we, are, we observed different periods as well throughout the year. But it kind of grew from this grassroots movement. And I think that was one of the things I loved about it more. It came from a place of caring, a place of support. And it's actually had like a massive impact since. We've even found people who've come and worked at MongoDB because they were like, this is a place where I can be myself. This is a place where I can be comfortable. I don't have to spend half of my time in work hiding who I am or like my personal life, which is a huge part. I know people say you should leave like, oh, your personal life at home inside and work. But not having to worry about, oh, if I, if I mention that I have a same-sex partner, uh, that someone's going to react differently or it's going to treat me differently or I'm going to be stigmatized or denied like promotions or, or career advancement opportunities. Having that space and having that openness just to be yourself has a huge impact. And that's where the queer collective has really impacted as well. Mm, yeah. So what are some of the key initiatives, Kian, that uh, the queer collective has been involved in? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we kind of our yearly planning kind of operates around four main initiatives. So uh, Pride um, is sort of our, our main flagship one, uh, National Coming Out Day in October, uh, Trans Awareness Week in November, and then World Aids Day in December. So with all of these, you know, with all of these programs, all of these initiatives, we, we really focus around allyship, education and celebration so with allyship you know it's involving everybody not just members of the queer collective not just you know members of the lgbtqa plus community that work at mongodb but the wider um employee base as well uh, education i suppose when it comes to allyship i think it's important to to for anyone that wants to be an ally to enable them okay so education in forms of workshops talks um you know sort of giving you know information to you know about the community about the you know the different aspects of, of the queer community as well uh, because people don't know what they don't know and you know I think to for someone to be uh, you know an effective ally and for someone to feel comfortable to be an ally and um, they need that you know that understanding that knowledge and that education and then of course uh, the celebration aspect particularly around pride you know we have held you know celebration parties for um, you know, we had one in the Dublin office uh, last week. There's one in our Paris and Barcelona offices this week. And I think by two weeks ago, we had one in our Gurgaon in India as well. So that's just to bring everybody together to, to you know, to celebrate, uh, you know, how far the queer community has come, but also then to to recognize, you know, that there is still work that needs to be done um, as well. Um, and then, yeah, and I think it's, you know, these are our four main things for National Coming Out Day. We have done a lot of initiatives around, um, uh, we did a Coming Out Day video. And um, so we had, I think, 22 employees. Um, our production team flew all over the world. So they record filmed in uh, India, they filmed here in Dublin, they filmed in New York, in Austin, in San Francisco, and 22 of our employees really kind of gave their their coming out stories and what it, you know, how much that meant to them to be. They, it's it was really you think last year we did you know a watch part you know I think we did several watch parties globally and um, the video was a huge success. Um, it is available on our YouTube channel for anyone that wants to to take a look. But that was kind of one of the main key initiatives. And from that, then, you know, we have done 
uh, coming off that video than we did, I think, two external articles. So um, myself and other members that were featured in the video did an interview with Attitude magazine, which is the largest queer magazine in Europe. Um, we also did uh, did some interviews with Diginomica as well, which is another sort of tech-focused uh, publication. Um, and then for Trans Awareness Week, you know, we've, we've really ran some... Uh, workshops and, and information particularly now given the the current situation in the US just to kind of give some inf- you know give some guidance to to employees to managers just to how to be you know an effective ally for the trans community so you know it's really focused around those three pillars allyship education and celebration and i suppose um they're kind of the key things that we focus on throughout the year hmm. So, as I mentioned at the start, uh, this episode came out of my desire to be a better ally, looking for ways that I can support the community. Sean, what does allyship mean to you? Um, to be honest, allyship uh, has a huge meaning in my life. Um, and allyship is about support. It's about being able to stand up for other people, even when it's not beneficial for you, even when it's not that comfortable for you and you're in an uncomfortable situation, it's providing that kind of unconditional support to others to help uplift them and to help them be able to live a like, more equal and equitable life. Um, the thing is, uh, with allyship, a lot of people think it's about, oh, during the month of um, June, I post a rainbow flag on my Facebook profile or Instagram profile, whatever it may be. Um, but I wouldn't really consider that allyship. It's a show of support, yes, but it's not true allyship. True allyship is being able to call out like behaviors when you see them. Um, if you see a friend, a family member, a coworker uh, say something that is in one way, it's 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 degrading, demeaning, or um, for the for any underrepresented group really. But in this context, the LGBTQIA plus community being able to actually call that behavior out because, like we've seen this happen especially over the last year that there's a lot of these voices which seem to be screaming louder and louder and louder um and you would think looking at the media god go on twitter and you look and you see all of these voices screaming the comment section are absolutely horrible to look at and you think that oh this is becoming mainstream but in reality it's not and like if you don't call this behavior out it perpetrates it gets bigger it gets louder and so having allies that are willing to stand up for those around them, even though it doesn't benefit them and have those uncomfortable um, conversations, it benefits everyone, but it really, really helps the community that you're speaking up for. Because without allies, we wouldn't have the progress that we have today. Like without allies to women, for example, we wouldn't have a lot of the, uh, a lot of the rights that we've um, seen, the equal rights that I've had for women. For the queer community, we wouldn't have equal marriage. And I know a lot of people say, oh, but like, why do we need pride? Pride is now, I think, even more important than any other time because we need that show of solidarity. We need that visibility out there to show that we are all equal, that we all deserve to be treated the same as other people. And without allyship, we wouldn't, we just keep regressing and going backwards. Um, so our allies are, sorry, I'm getting goose pimples nearly because uh, I'm quite passionate about this. Allies are, um, I think one of the core pillars of our community and they're also the way that we can achieve equality for everyone. Yeah. And I just want to remark, you know, you mentioned it doesn't benefit the ally directly, but, but I think it does. I think it, we, we all yeah. benefit when, when people that are not in the community have the courage to speak up for those 
for those in the in the uh, LGBTQIA plus community. So, Kian, why is it important specifically in the workplace to have allies? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, one of the visions of the, the queer collective is to create an atmosphere um, where people can be their authentic selves. I think, um, you know, as a queer person, and I think, you know, most queer people would have ex have experienced or would have experienced some form of prejudice or discrimination um, in their lifetime. And, you know, it's not a nice experience. Um, it can be, you know, a very difficult one. And it's, you know, I think what we want to do is, you know, by uh, with allyship is to create a workplace where people can be their authentic selves because we want people to come to work every day without, you know, without fear. They want to do their best work and that would not be possible with allyship um you know and that is across all underrepresented groups and um you know within MongoDB. so i think you know it's it's part of our mission it's part of our vision as as an erg um you know to and it ties in with that so yeah i think it's i think that's probably the the main reason there's one other point which i can actually add on to that as well um there's there's studies that have shown time and time again the more diverse a company is um they actually better uh, the more innovative that company is. So I think there was a study um, a couple of years ago and it said that companies that had a more diverse workforce and more inclusive workforce were about 47% uh, more innovative and had like, I think it was about 25% higher revenues in comparison to companies that did not have a diverse workforce. So it actually makes financial sense as well. And uh, from a business impact, uh, it has a massive impact as well. Mm. Yeah, because it's fresh first perspectives, I suppose, fresh ideas, new perspectives on new markets as well. So, yeah, yeah, I like the idea of increasing the the surface area for innovation and bringing everyone's perspective to the forefront. Um, so, Sean, can you share some personal experiences around how allyship has had an impact in your life? Yeah, definitely. Um, the biggest turning point for me when it came to allyship was like I wasn't really that involved in any sort of activism or anything like that. But back in 2015, uh, Ireland became the first company, or sorry, first country, not company, in the world um, to actually vote on marriage equality. Uh, so the way that Ireland has a constitutional referendum, uh, the, the right to marriage is actually enshrined in our constitution. So if you have to change the constitution, you have to go to a referendum. So there was a massive referendum in 2015 to decide whether or not the wording in the constitution could be changed um, to allow for people of same sex to get married. And that initiative uh, was a huge grassroots initiative and allies played a huge part in it because it wasn't uh, the, the LGBTQIA plus community that helped uh, win a referendum. Um, to get that yes vote, it was actually driven through, it was call your mammy, call your granny, call your auntie, call your uncle. It was to get all your family members involved because it was through kind of personal stories and personal connections that that referendum passed. And it was absolutely amazing. So it, it, it won by a landslide. We became the first uh, country in the world to, to legalize um, same-sex marriage by, by um, popular vote. Um, but it also changed the entire landscape within Ireland. Like I can still remember that day and I was walking down the streets after, well, I actually woke up and I was, I used to live right beside one of the counting centers. I remember just going inside there and the, the atmosphere was absolutely electric and 
uh, it was filled with, there was a load of local politicians, there was uh, members who'd been involved in the campaign, there was a load of allies inside there, and it was absolutely electric. And walking down the street after that, I was wearing, um, I was wearing with like badges at times saying yes for equality, and people were stopping me on the street just saying congratulations. And to have that show of support, that show of solidarity was absolutely amazing. And it's still, it's still actually continued um, uh, within Ireland from this day forward. So like before that, I remember I never felt comfortable walking down the streets holding hands with my partner. And then suddenly, I remember like that day, I didn't even check myself. And okay, that, that probably seemed like an unusual expression. But as a member of the LGBTQIA community, you you take for you take for granted basically a lot of things that um or we don't take for granted by the way a lot of things that our straight counterparts would so like me holding hands I would have stopped and looked around seeing who's around am I going to get attacked just for showing a, a small uh small sign of affection to my partner and from that day I and mean, look sometimes you still do check yourself but for the moment Ireland became such a more kind of comfortable and inclusive place and it was all driven through allies and the support that we got every year on 25th of May it comes back up in memories for me and the people I see around me weren't uh, like they were there in some ways but the, the majority of people around me were allies and they drove that change they, their show of support their show of unity helped us actually change Ireland for the better and since then, it actually has only got better. And actually, that grassroots, grassroots movement that um, allies helped build for the LGBTQIA QIA plus community then transferred into another referendum, uh, I think it was three years later, which was actually um, access to um, proper health care for women. Um, so in Ireland, up until 2018, uh, it was illegal um, to access abortion services, but that also had... Uh, further implications. It was to do with um, women, if they had a chance of death through pregnancy, they couldn't access any health care. And there was a, a case a number of years ago where a woman actually died because the way it was, the law was written was that the the um, the life of the, uh, the fetus was, as long as there was a heartbeat, was, uh, was equal to that of the mother. So doctor's hands were tied. They couldn't do anything, even if there was a case and like there was in that time, a woman was dying of septicemia caused by a, um, it was a miscarriage, but the doctors couldn't do anything. And then she ended up dying unnecessarily because she couldn't access that healthcare. But with this, uh, the, the allyship um, uh, kind of framework that was set up from the marriage equality referendum, people were able to campaign using this grassroots movement again. It was called Repeal the Ace. And then we changed our constitution again for betterment of women and like society as a whole, um, which was fantastic to see. And it was all because of allyship. And that's where it's had a huge impact in Ireland. And it's, I'm actually so proud of this little country and the impact that our allies and our support network have actually had on people across the board. Mm. What a wonderful story. I love the story of, of traction that happens when, when you educate. And speaking of education, Kian, how how do we educate uh, folks that want to be better allies, both inside and outside of MongoDB? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, all of our all of our sessions, everything that the Queer Collective runs, whether it is Pride celebrations, whether it is a talk on trans awareness, uh, whether it's uh, you know a, 
a diversity and inclusion in the workplace uh, workshop that we've done for Pride. It's it's open to everybody, um, you know, and we sort of you know socialize this internally within within uh, MongoDB. Uh, you know, we work with teams such as Internal Comms, Benefits, Learning, Development, and we we really make them aware, make all of our employees aware that that this is open to them um, to to come to learn um, about it. So, for example, um, for Pride this year, we we ran two sessions around you know. Um, trans awareness and, and how can you know employees at MongoDB be better allies for the trans community um, another session was um, you know inclusion and intersectionality which you know sort of gave everybody a workshop on you know unconscious bias you know how to address those biases we were also doing workshops on you know pronouns um you know and also another workshop on you know the the history of of pride and and, and where pride stems from and you know why pride is is a is a moment for celebration but also it, it's a time to to really focus on yes we've come so far as a community but there's still a, a long way that we need to go um so that's some of the things we they're open to all of our employee base as I mentioned the queer collective is also open to allies that want to join um, and another thing that we've another thing that's been rolled out sort of you know in MongoDB is allyship training so um, as all all members of employee resource groups ERGs um, uh, need to complete allyship training before they can join um, it's available on, on Deshabo we have we actually ran two live sessions for allyship training as well as part of our pride programming um, so there are some of the things that we're doing, um, you know, members of the Queer Collective worked with our internal inclusion team uh, to sort of help roll this out and we're, some of our members were involved in the recording and uh, for anyone that has taken part or, or will, some of our members are the, the voices uh, behind the camera uh, for the training. So there are some of the things that we're doing, you know, allyship has really become a huge focus for not only ERGs, but I suppose from you know, a top down. So, you know, our our VP of inclusion, um, you know, our, our inclusion, senior manager for inclusion, they're all sort of here enabling ERGs and, and now enabling allies as well to, to you know, make MongoDB uh, a workforce where everybody feels included in the workplace. Hmm. Yeah. So as an ally, I will have to admit, I had some misconceptions about what that meant. And I have a pin from some conference, a couple of pins from conferences that, um, that, that say I'm an ally and have those, I display those proudly, but it's not, it's not just that. And I'm sure there are many more misconceptions. Sean, um, maybe enlighten me. Tell me what are some of the misconceptions that you see commonly among allies? So the thing about allyship, it, it's not a single action. It's an ongoing action, uh, focusing on other people and not on yourself. And so a lot of people think to be an ally you have to be continually out there. You have to be continually professing and be, be really loud. But it's not just that. It's, um, if anything, nearly, I, I, I see the people who are like really loud um, about it. Um, it can be quite performative, but they don't actually do anything meaningful for the community. Uh, there also can be a lot of like platitudes um, uh, uh, towards uh, the different communities that don't actually make a difference. But the thing about allyship, though, is that firstly, you need to start with an examination of who you are to better understand like what power and privilege and access uh, you have as an individual that those other groups don't have. Um, 
Then it's about helping educate yourself about that community. And some of this can be can come from the community. Some of this can be self-directed learning. Um, and then it's actually learning how to put the, that learning into meaningful actions that actually do help. It can be from helping uplift and amplify other voices inside the community. It can be, it can be about um, uh, willing to actually become be comfortable with becoming uncomfortable and actually like step up and uh, and uh, and speak out when you see those uh, inequalities towards that community. Um, but what allyship isn't is it's not just putting in like oh a pride flag here or uh, a red ribbon on for International Women's Day. It's not just that. It's about willing to take that next step. It's about uh, firstly educating yourself, then being willing to educate others around you. And like sometimes you're not going to get it right. You won't you definitely won't get it right um, every time. Um, it's also being willing to go okay, acknowledge that you're wrong, but just apologize and move on as well. Um, the the sad thing about um, about it is that a lot of people in some ways are nearly afraid of allyship because they're like, oh, what if I get it wrong? Like, what if I what if what if I get it wrong? What if I what if I nearly put myself out there and I get kind of given out for it? But the the thing about allyship is that you, as long as you are willing to as long as you're willing to kind of nearly get uncomfortable um, with yourself so that you can use your privilege to support others, that is what true allyship is nearly about. Um, it's not something performative. It's not having to be about screaming from the rooftops um, uh, every single day. It's not about making uh, empty gestures that go nowhere. Uh, it's about being there as nearly a support network for other, well, sorry, a support for, not support network, a support for other people, a support for that community when they need it, and also being willing to um, step up for them when they themselves don't even know that they need it. Uh, so I think that might have been a small bit rambling, um, but uh, that's kind of what allyship means. Uh, I, I, I know I kind of crossed over there between like what's not and what it is, um, but I think they're both uh, heavily intertwined and you yeah. need to understand one to understand the other. I appreciate the words you said around having the courage to just try to be an ally. And uh, that, that means a lot to me because I, I certainly want to help. So, Sean, are there any specific actionable things that, uh, that folks that want to be allies can do? Firstly, the thing is education. Uh, like, like what we do in the Career Collective, we do organize educational events um, year-round. But try and take advantage of them. There is also, like, in your locality, there is more than likely going to be um, uh, local groups that actually provide these educational resources. Um, then once you get past that stage, the next stage is actually being willing to, like, get involved if you can. Um, that can be true. A small way of, like I said before, amplifying queer voices. It can be donating towards these um, these groups that do fantastic work inside local communities. Like there is one that we have um, uh, that we we use for different educational events, and like using an example uh, called Shout Out in Ireland, which again was a grassroots organisation which has grown over time, and they provide educational resources to schools 
um, to help actually um, tackle homophobia uh, in, in schools with young people and help them actually understand people from different backgrounds. But just being able to even give them financial support if you can, or even finally actually getting in there and actually getting involved. Um, and I know it can be fearful, especially if you're not part of the community going, but that, that support is so valued um, because we're a small community, like we're, it's, we're 10% of the population, but for whatever, for whatever reasons, like not everybody is comfortable uh, coming out, not everyone is comfortable with being visible, but having those additional 90% of people to be allies to that community, uh, suddenly those numbers amplify quite quickly. And being willing to get involved, to, to step up in whatever way you can um, and make support. These small changes have such a massive impact. Uh, I always think about this in the context of, um, of do you know, like the domino effect. And if you go back into like the Simpsons and they're like, oh, you step in a bog and you change, you change future. But it's the same kind of ideology if you think about it. All these little small changes, like you give a dollar here towards an organization, you volunteer an hour in another. All of these things collectively actually make a change. And then you can really help those communities around you. So, yeah, it's little things, but little things make changes. It yeah. doesn't have to be big. Butterfly effect. But I love, I yeah. love a Simpsons. That's what I was looking for. That's the, that's but I love a Simpsons reference. I for. <laughs> uh, that was the term I was looking for. Yeah. So as, uh, as I prepared for this discussion, I did some reading. I read a, a bunch of the content that's been made available internally to, to MongoDB. And... I began to see a word intersectionality. It's not something that I've heard quite a bit. So, Sean, what is intersectionality, and uh, how can how can employees help promote intersectionality in the workplace? So, basically, intersectionality um, there's there's like oh, there's proper uh, kind of academic definitions of what intersection intersectionality actually is, but a simple way of thinking about it is within each of us we have overlapping um, pieces of who we are. So the way in which then those intersections uh, happen for each of us uh, changes in the way in which we perceive the world, but also how the world perceives us. So there's different categorizations. For example, there can be race, class, gender, sexuality, um, uh, gender identification. And depending on how they apply to each of us, uh, they create a different overlapping effect. And then as a result, the world can perceive us in different ways. And um, well, intersectionality, though, is a really interesting term because uh, it's, it's, it's kind of um, a way of thinking about it. It's not a one size fits all. So one thing about allyship is to think of it through the lens of intersectionality as well. So just because you, something works perfectly here in Ireland where a lot of people are coming from a similar race, they have uh, similar cultural backgrounds. Doesn't mean that that will work the exact same in the US, doesn't mean that that will work uh, the exact same in India. It doesn't mean, depending on where you are in the world and who those people are, you might need uh, to change things ever so slightly or change it dramatically um, for it to actually have an impact. Um, so the, the good thing about being an ally is to just kind of keep that lens on it when you're looking at these things uh when you're if you're a manager and you're planning for your team if you are a company and you're planning the rollout of new initiatives think about how the different people uh that are around you 
perceive things differently and what uh, might work for one might not work for the other. Hmm. Does that make does that make sense, or is that um, or is that a yeah? Just wondering from no, your no, perspective. It, yeah, no. From my perspective, it does. It's about thoughtful, a thoughtful approach to allyship, and as you mentioned, you know, understanding what works where, and yeah. thinking about that ahead. So, um, I think one of the best examples about it actually um, is uh, if you're in a company, it's quite like, look, I'm going to use a startup. So in a startup, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like traditionally, a lot of them, actually, I'm going to use Facebook as an example. I'm going to use mm-hmm. Facebook. Facebook started as a startup, came out of Harvard, and it came out as a group of people in their very early 20s. If you were to look at that group at the time and see what like they needed, a lot of them, they were willing to have fun. Uh, they didn't re- they could work these crazy hours. They didn't have to think about it. But fast forward 10, 15 years later, a lot of those people are, had now had families. They now had children. What did Mm. they actually need in that context? And it was just put that little lens in it and think about, okay, in that case, 15 years ago, we were able to give them really comfortable offices. We were able to give them uh, food all day round and basically (laughs) keep them there all day working. Uh, But fast forward 15 years later and what they actually actually needed was support systems uh, to be parents and to be able to actually still fulfill within their functions um, as parents without the same things that they would need 15 years ago. So in the context of allyship, if you use that lens, uh, if you have people who are in Ireland, they might need uh, a lot of awareness activities. They might need things about transgender community, for example. Whereas if you were to go into, uh, just say, into some parts of Asia, or actually in Africa, where there is a lot of areas where like um, homosexuality is still criminalized, do they need um, awareness, uh, a broad scale awareness? Do they need support? What do they need there? It'll completely different. Uh, it'll completely change uh, the way you will see allyship there, depending on the needs of that community. Um, mm. And that's all because of the different intersections that they have. So, mm. yeah. So, as I'm learning, preparing to become a better ally, what are the different types of allyship that you're seeing? So the thing with allyship is, and we actually spoke in this um, uh, d- during um, the MongoDB uh, live back in 2021, and we talked about like allyship to active accomplishment. And we just use that as like a framework for people to kind of think about um, the different types of allyship that there is and the different ways in which you could um, actually like uh, help the company. The, or sorry, not help the company but help the community um so the ones we said was a passive ally basically they were a supportive association not really vocal but you are supportive to the community you know the basic concepts um but you don't really act on it you uh, either on your for yourself or for others then we use active accomplice which is active allyship so at this stage you would be well informed so you'd really know about the community that you're trying to support. Um, you really share then uh, this knowledge with others around you and they kind of seek diverse and inclusive uh, uh, ways of working and living um, when asked or kind of prompted. Uh, so this person like would start to be really kind of accountable, hands-on and then get involved. And then you have what we would call the 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 real uh, the real strong allies. Uh, 
So this is a person who's kind of a change maker. Uh, they are kind of hired and an active ally or active encompass. They're the people who are really committed to routinely and proactively kind of dismantling societal issues that impact the groups um, while kind of championing inclusion as well uh, in, in those ways. Um, and the thing is, you don't have to be these every single day of your life. There'll be different times uh, in your life when you'll be able to support groups. So I'm going to go back to the, the example I used earlier, which was about the marriage quasi referendum. At that time, so many people I know around me, I would class them as those kind of change makers. They worked uh, kind of night and day to really help uh, push forward uh, the, the marriage equality referendum. And then after a while, that was that was training. It can be it can be quite um, tiring uh, uh, to go through that over a prolonged period of time. So they kind of went back to being more of like a passive ally, and then. Again, a lot of those actually got involved with the repeal referendum. And then at different times of their life, depending on what's going on, they will they will go through um, different tiers of the allyship. Mm. And it seems to all begin with the employee resource group. Kian, I want to ask you to explain what an ERG is and maybe speak to the listeners that are thinking about forming an ERG at their company. Yeah, absolutely. So an ERG is an employee resource group. So it's a volunteer employee-led groups, um, which are sort of run by by members of underrepresented groups. And what are the main main aim of an ERG is to, you know, foster a, a, a diverse and inclusive workforce. So, you know, most ERGs, as I mentioned, um, you know, they sort of align or with sort of underrepresented groups. Uh, we have eleven of them here at MongoDB, and I suppose the main aim of a of an ERG is to, you know, provide you know, members with, uh, you know, a sense of belonging in the workplace, a sense of psychological safety, you know, a, a place where, you know, they can feel, they can turn to in terms of like a, a community, foster a sense of community as well, you know, a place where they can turn to for advice, a place that they can turn to for support if needed, professional development opportunities, and also opportunities then to grow their network. Um, you know, the Queer Collective, as I mentioned, one of 11, um, you know, we are funded by um, by the company to to uh, carry out the programs that we do. Um, you know, as I mentioned, we are one of 11. Um, there are, I think, MongoDB, from all the companies I've worked with, um, you know, in my career, I think seems to have you know, the mo- a huge focus and, and uh, on ERGs and, and you know our their development uh, within the workplace. So, for anyone that that is looking to to set up an ERG, um, I think it's it's a wonderful opportunity to to meet people um, across the your organization, not just within your team. Um, and I think, from my own perspective, like not only do I work in a company that you know is accepting. Um, you know of, of who I am as a, as, a, as a queer man as a member of an underrepresented group but I feel lucky that I'm part of a company that that celebrates it because you know the the support the guidance uh, that's given to the to the ERGs here uh, really really kind of send that message back that you know we uh, that the company MongoDB uh, you know celebrates us for, for who we are um, and our individualities. Mm. I want to remind viewers listeners that there are links in the show notes in the description below. Check those if you want to learn more about the Queer Collective, about employee resource groups. Kian, can you share some upcoming plans for the Queer Collective? Yes. Uh, so 
National Gummy Night Day is in October. So we were going to partner again with some of our employer branding team um, just to sort of create some content. And it's so last year, as I mentioned, we did a video that kind of, you know, with some of our employees that talked about, you know, the importance of coming out and, and you know, the importance of, you know, being your full authentic self in the workplace. So we do plan to do, um, you know, maybe some talks and panels just, uh, you know, where members of the Queer Collective will share their experiences as again, that is open to all employees so there is a chance for anyone that is interested in learning more to to come along um and then just to kind of you know work as i mentioned working with our employer brand team to capture that message just to amplify um you know our voices on, on a larger uh, scale so you know we have blogs on the company website we plan to do more of those as well and, and i think we would probably do some watch parties for our video again in our offices this year um so that's the next uh, key celebration um you know we do sort of uh, i think november then will be will be trans awareness week and we'll, we'll focus mainly on you know uh, talks and workshops just to provide education for um all of our employees and how to be effective allies to the trans community um and yeah there's some of the things so exciting stuff mm. Some some real exciting stuff. We've got employees in MongoDB listening, watching. Let's let's talk to the folks that want to get involved in the queer collective at MongoDB. How can we get them involved? I guess yeah, to, to both of you, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, um, for anyone that wants to join um, the Queer Collective, either as a member of the LGBTQIA plus community or even as an ally, we are, as I mentioned, we are open to allies. Um, the first thing to do is to, uh, you know, complete the online um, allyship training. Um, on Deshebo and that will actually bring you through then to sign up to once you complete the training you are then automatically given the option of what ERGs you want to join and then that will add you to the Slack channel so we'll keep uh, for those ERGs so that'll keep you up to date with any events that we're doing um, you know as I mentioned or if anyone has any you know questions or wants to find out a little bit more about it you know you can find us on Zendex internally as well or um, you know or even just drop me your Sean a Slack. Um, I'm sure we'll, we'll be happy to help in any way we can. Hmm. Sean, anything really to add cool to that? Thing that has, yeah, just I want to say a really cool thing that has actually come out of that as well is that um, just by being part of the ERG, like it's a form, like I know there's sometimes we say like not every person of the community is there to educate you, but I think as being particularly leads inside in the queer collective, we are there to educate you. So we want to have that forum that if people have these questions, if they need that support, if they need um, to find out anything really about the LGBTQIA plus community, then ask. We we want to be a supportive forum. Like we've had, um, actually, there's one there's one example I can think of where um, someone was coming out and we were able to actually offer support for them. They were in an area that uh, they didn't have anyone around them that they could ask, but that's what the ERG became for them. Um, and they suddenly became very, very comfortable in themselves and it became that bit of a support network for them. And thankfully it was there as a resource for them to use. And that's where I want people to, to think about it as well. It's not just something that's there that as I said in the past, it's performative. It's not just a, a we organize pride events. We also want to be there as a resource for all employees within Mongodb2. Kian, Sean, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. You've enlightened me, and I'm sure that uh, you've you've shared really important information for the listeners. Uh, any last words before we wrap? I just want to say thank you so much uh, for giving us this forum, for allowing us to actually have this platform. 
and for just for taking i know it can be a fearful step sometimes for taking the step uh towards being a better ally as well yeah and plus one to that and thank you so much for having us today uh mike and just again for anyone that wants to get to get more involved please feel free to reach out and mike i hope to see you at some of our events um we'll keep you posted <laughs> thanks so much thanks again thanks mike thank you. thanks so much to sean and to kian for joining me today and thanks to you the listeners if you enjoyed the show give us a comment or a rating let us know what you thought you'll help us improve the show check the show notes for links to resources that we talked about on the show today thanks everybody happy pride <laughs>